Well, good morning, New Hope. It's glad, I'm glad to see you're here this morning, personally, and if you're chiming in on the live stream, welcome here this morning as we finish off our series called 1%. What is it in our life if we would just tweak it 1%, there would be a change? And we're going off the basis of the story in the Old Testament about Zerubbabel, who was called to rebuild the temple, and how overwhelming it was for not only him, but the people. But God says in Zechariah 4.10, do not despise small beginnings. Hey, start somewhere, do something, just even do 1%. And what difference would that make in your life? Now, I don't know about you, but in my house, I have all kinds of manuals. Or in my garage, I keep a stack of manuals. I got the Black & Decker trimmer manual. I got the skill saw manual. Look at that. Still got my fingers there, right? I got the Moto One to figure out how to use the radio I put in my 67 Mustang. I have the owner's manual for the Paradise Pad. It's the pad that floats out on the lake and the kids play on. Still got the manual. How about the lawnmower, the Craftsman that I bought like 10 years ago? Still got the manual. And that, and probably the most important one, is the charbroil, the grill, right? Yeah. So I know how to grill. The reason we have manuals is so we know how to use a product, but also within the manuals, they provide maintenance tips in how to keep stuff running well, right? And I realized that... a gift that my daughters gave me in a pressure washer for Father's Day that it was sitting out in the garage when it was 10 degrees. And I'm like, man, that's right, that thing has water. And I'm like, oh, no, I didn't read the owner's manual. It said that I needed to drain that water and put RV fluid, that you put the RV in an RV through that system. And I'm like, oh, man. And I went and did that. I don't know if it worked. So I'm hoping the thing works when we get to spring. But we have a manual in our life as well that is to provide us maintenance in how we live so that our life runs well. And that manual is the Bible. The reality is that most of us in the room or all of us in the room have the manual in our house. Matter of fact, some of us have a variety of the manual in our house in a variety of written ways in our house. But how often do we refer to it when it comes to our life and to the maintenance of our life so our life runs well? You know, God desires for us that our life runs well. We have that opportunity. And What we realize over the holiday season is that at times we live in such a way that's very different from the rest of the year. There's a familiar verse in scripture that Paul uses in Ephesians 5, 18, and it says this, and don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. And so... As Paul wrote this, in his mind, there's such a thing as called the authorial intent, 
What was the author intending for us to get from reading this verse? Was it, hey, don't get drunk on wine only? Hey, it's okay to get drunk on beer. It's okay to get drunk on pornography. It's okay to get drunk on your looks. It's okay to get drunk on materialism. It's okay to get drunk on power and position. The authorial intent here was, listen, don't get drunk on anything other than, don't let anything other than the Holy Spirit run your life, influencing you. Anything else, pornography, wealth, position and power, obsessing over your looks, is going to lead you towards reckless living. And so Paul's intent was, listen, if you're going to get controlled by anything, be controlled by God's Holy Spirit. And then soon after this, just a few verses after this, he explains to us that when we became Christ followers, we decided to follow Jesus as Savior and Lord, that Jesus implemented in us then his Holy Spirit. And what comes with the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit, the character of the Spirit, which is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and forbearance and goodness and self-control. So that Paul is saying, listen, you can say no to certain ways of living. Why? Because you have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. So what I want us to consider here this morning is when it comes to the holiday season, which is starting pretty much this week through to the first of the year, what are areas we need to pay attention to when it comes to reckless living? So for example, number one, we get reckless with our bodies over the holiday season. On average, every one of us in the room will gain one to two pounds over this holiday season, right? Because what is it we talk about most over this holiday season? Food, right? We talk about food. Well, what are you going to make? What are you going to cook? Hey, when's the big uh, cookie day, right? You know, all that. And food is all around us. And so naturally, we add these pounds to our life. Statistically, they studied and they said that during these seasons of Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's, we add per serving, every time we eat per serving, an additional 440 calories. So that means if, if we would roughly just eat three times a day, which we know we don't during the season, we like graze till January 1, right? We're adding close to 1,300 calories a day to our diet. And the reality is that every one of us is going to gain one to two pounds, but they say statistically a third only, so we'll just say maybe this third of the room only, will lose it. <laughs> the rest of you, you're going to just keep it. 
period. A Swedish study did a study on the impact of four weeks of holiday binging. And they showed that in it, it changed, changed your body metabolism for the next one to two years. Just on that fact alone. We recognize that over this holiday season that a lot of our eating is simple sugars, which spikes our energy level, but then what happens? It soon brings it down, and we lose energy or we get really moody, don't we? Do you have moody people around you sometimes during this season? Yeah, yeah, we do. We understand as well as we add that weight, it challenges our cholesterol, it challenges our high blood pressure, it challenges the... uh, opportunity for diabetes. That's why in the Bible, God does talk about gluttony. He talks about excess when it comes to food. Matter of fact, it's listed as one of the seven deadly sins. Why? Because he wants to give us caution. He says, be careful there. Don't get drunk on food, which leads to reckless living, but be filled or controlled by the Spirit. So what are some areas when it comes to our body that we could potentially tweak 1%? Well, the first is don't eat after 8 p.m. After 8 p.m., we become very sedentary people until the next morning, right? And that's when we can add pounds. Decide for yourself, hey, I'm going to maybe splurge maybe once a day and have a treat. Make sure that you're not grazing in between every meal because it's just around the office. We have this sense of obligation, don't we? That when people drop off cookies or they bring candies to the office or school or or the neighbors drop off stuff and that we're obligated to eat it all. And in a sense, we want to eat it all, but we have this obligation. But that's where, again, the Holy Spirit in us allows for self-control to us to premeditate how is it we are going to live over this holiday season and not be reckless with our bodies and certainly have exercise as part of that. Even if it's exercise, that's 1%. Hey, I'm going to walk for five minutes a day, whatever it might be. And so when it comes to this holiday season, we get reckless when it comes to our bodies. But secondly, we get reckless when it comes to our finances. We know Black Friday is coming, right? People are getting all hyped up. But statistically, each person will add debt load to their lives of $1,054. And that'll be already added to the average household debt of credit card debt of $8,400 which we know what that does to our stress and mood and our marriage and family or if we can buy propane in February. If you spend 1054 on debt and you pay the $25 minimum per month, it will take you till 2024 to pay off this Christmas. 2024 in that reality. That's why biblically, again, God gives us this verse on maintenance. He cautions us. For the love of money or stuff is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money or stuff have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So the goal to 
is to premeditate before this season, before we even get to Black Friday, so that we don't have to live out the last part of this verse where we are pierced with many griefs. And so what could we tweak 1% in our lives when it comes to holiday finances or gift giving? Well, number one, if you're giving to an adult, you could make them a gift or you could gift them a service. If you're really good at a particular service, gift them a service. Hey, brother-in-law, here's a gift card from me personally that if you have a plumbing issue because I'm really good at that, you can call my 800 number. (laughs) There you go. That's your gift. Or give the gift of a letter. Give the gift of a letter. How many in the room here have received a letter recently from someone that loves you, telling you how much they love you, how much they appreciate about you, your character, and that they're praying for you? Really? A couple people in the room. Do we like love that letter? Do we like hold on to it? I mean, I don't have sweaters from like 10 years ago, but I have letters from my girls from 10 years ago. I mean, give the gift of love, of expression, of letting those people know how much they mean to you in your life. What a gift. Yeah, you could attach a little something to it, but the gift is the letter. Don't buy fringe people gifts out of obligation, right? You know, well, if I buy that gift, then I'm going to have to get them a gift. And then, I'm, you know, pretty soon I say any county's covered, you know? <laughs> I mean, don't we do that, right? Oh, I better, you know, better. But it gets us into reckless living in our finances. Agree on the amount of gift giving. If you're married, sit down with your spouse. Hey, this is what we're going to do for our kids, our grandkids, or what we're not going to do this year. Or if we got all older kids, can we get together and just say, hey, you know what? Instead of buying stuff for each other, we're going to like just buy stuff for people that really need it. (laughs) And premeditate and decide. And then lastly, maybe a 1% tweak could be just... Hey, don't give a gift out of trying to get approval or position in somebody's life. You know, so often during this time of the year, gift giving is done with wrong motives because you're trying to get approval from somebody or you're trying to get position in somebody's life. And so be cautious with your motives. And so when it comes to this area, don't get drunk on finances because it leads to reckless living but be filled with the spirit a third area that we wrestle with is we get restless or reckless with our spirituality we get reckless with our relationship with Jesus because it's a busy time of the year we're going and we're running and Even though we recognize it's a time for gratitude, it's a time for recognizing, man, our Savior, who's provided us eternal life, we are celebrating his birth. We know that in our heads, but in our life, we're like (laughs) all over, and we're busy. There's a Christmas story in Luke chapter 10 that gives us this picture. Here's the Christmas story. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. 
But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me, hey. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. There's the Christmas story, right? I mean, we're running and we're busy. I mean, we get out of bed and we go from zero to 60 like that, and I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, this, that, and we walk away from our relationship with Jesus. We drift from being anchored in him. It's interesting, USA Today did a study Uh, Well, they didn't do a study. They were just reporting a study on the Harvard Institute who did a study on health and how it relates to our spirituality and our worship attendance. And they found that those individuals who worshiped weekly had an increase in greater mental health and physical health overall. The Mayo Clinic picked up on this and did a study as well and recognized that being involved in spirituality, being involved in worship on a regular basis associated itself with healthy outcomes, greater longevity and living, coping skills, health-related qualities of life, even if you had a terminal illness and a decrease in anxiety and depression. There was a difference that took place. It's interesting that in Psalm 46, towards the end of the psalm, God makes this statement. He says, be still and know that I am God. The reason he writes this or he he makes this statement is early on the psalmist gives this impression that life was hitting the fan. Life was crumbling around. The psalmist says in verse one and two, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Have you ever felt that way? Like, hey, everything's given away. Everything's falling apart. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, man, life is just, seems to be going to ruins. And God whispers out and says, be still and know that I am God. Recognize that I am for you, not against you. Recognize that I am with you by my Holy Spirit. Come meet with me, sit with me, listen to me. When the angel Gabriel came to Mary and communicated to her that, hey, you're going to give birth to the Savior, and this will be one of his names, Emmanuel, God with us. Like he is like with us. Where we go, he goes. Always. And he's longing for us to sit with him. And so what is it over this season we could tweak 1%, just 1% in how we approach it? I would encourage you to have a spot in your house 
where you are just still. And that you just read God's word and then just be still and listen. You don't have the radio playing, nothing else is on, but you are quiet and it is quiet around you. How often do we do that? Not often. But health-wise, it has been determined that if we would just do that even for two minutes, our mental health, our physical health, and our capacity would increase by just being still. And how much more it would increase by being still before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and knowing that regardless of life, he is our God in the situation. So I encourage you to do that. If you don't listen to Christian radio from here to January 1 and all your running around from here to there, listen to Christian radio. It will help your road rage, all right? Do that. And then lastly, Google verses in the Bible on peace and then meditate on one a day. So what is it we could do to just tweak 1% how we approach these holiday seasons? Because here's reality. If we're going to live recklessly in the area of our bodies with food and recklessly in the area with our finances, and if we're going to be reckless in our busyness over these holiday seasons, the last one here is going to be reality for us. And that is, we get reckless with our emotions. We become very emotional people over these holiday seasons, so much more than the other times of the year. You know, we understand that the United States is the top three in countries when it comes to anxiety, even though we have the most stuff and the most technology, the best healthcare, you name it, whatever it might be. It's interesting, Barnes & Noble said that over the last two years, there has been a 25% spike in the sales of books on anxiety. But it's so interesting what Jesus says to us and over us as his children, right? In Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you're gonna eat, drink, or about your body, what you're gonna wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, but yet your heavenly Father still feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you can add even a single hour to your life by worrying? So Jesus is saying, listen. Do not get drunk on excessive food. Do not get drunk on finances during this time. Do not get drunk on your busyness during this time. Because you're going to end up getting drunk emotionally. And you're going to be a wreck. And it's going to lead just to reckless living. But I'm inviting you. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit that lives within you. 
And so when it comes to our emotions during this time, what could we tweak 1%? Well, I encourage you to journal. If you've never journaled, to just get any old notebook, pull it out, and during the beginning or the end of the day, just journal on what's frustrating, what's been great that day, uh, you know, what you think of what God's doing in your life, whatever it might be. And it might just be one line or a paragraph or whatever, but this, it's this way of taking what's in you and allowing it to go through the pen onto the paper. And it's this form of, of just uh, a healthy way to provide your own counsel and, and control and to evaluate what's going on in your life. Secondly, go down 1% in your expectations of this season. Maybe you always come in and you have high expectations. Well, maybe go down in your expectations. Don't let others define your season. Don't let them tell you what you need to be doing and where you should be. And if you're not there, well, you know, or you should get this and do that and live this way or whatever. You define it in what is proper from the manual of how this season should look. And then lastly, give the gift of grace. Give the gift of grace to yourself and to others. Cut yourself some slack this season and cut other slack around you, regardless of who it is. Because Paul's challenging us not to get drunk on food, on finances, on our busyness and emotions because it leads to reckless living, but to be controlled by the Spirit. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You see, when we become Christ followers, every area of our life is brought under or is to be submitted under his lordship. So whether it comes to food, whether it comes to finances, whether it comes to our schedule, our emotions, everything is to bring worship to him. Is to bring worship to him. And he goes on and he says, hey, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may be discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. He's saying, listen, we don't have to live like the world lives in these areas because Jesus lives in us by his Holy Spirit. So we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind and how we approach this holiday season in those areas. And so he encourages us to do that. And so as we close here, I'm going to invite the worship team up and they're going to sing a song. And I don't want you to sing it because I want you to sit there and I want you to be still and I want you to meditate on this question. What do you get reckless with during this season? Your body, your finance, your busyness, your emotions. What is it you need to tweak 1%? And just do a little business because this song is titled, It Is Well With My Soul.
And isn't that what we want? That it is well over this season because that's what Jesus would love for us. And then as you leave, you'll get a yellow card with these four areas on it where you can evaluate and you can write down and put something you're going to tweak and then you can put it on a refrigerator as a reminder. You can live differently because Jesus lives in you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you've given us the opportunity to live 1% different, to at least make a tweak in any of these areas. And I just pray peace and favor over each one here over the holiday seasons and that we would keep our eyes fixed on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. In your holy name, amen.